Well, good evening, everyone. It is so awesome to see you all again. I am so excited for these two episodes that we are going to be talking about in The Sandman, which is Basic Binges, part of Talk Network. My name is Jordan Orozco, and I'm so happy to join you all tonight. Um, I just wanted to um, introduce our lovely guests for the evening. Um, we have Bill. Bill, it's so awesome to see you again. Thank you. I feel like you're my like journeyman on the Sandman journey and it's so good to see you. And Jefferson, it is awesome to see you. It is, I'm so excited to talk about these episodes with you um, because I know you said you're really excited to talk about um, episodes uh, five and six um, and I'm excited to talk about six. So here we are, we're gonna be in. Um, tonight I'm enjoying a lovely little Mai Tai, my little Yeti, so it stays cool for the entire hour that we're here. Um, other than that, that's all I'm enjoying tonight. So I'll go to Jefferson, what are you enjoying tonight? How is audio real quick? I'm I'm on a new setup. How is it right now? I think you're good. Yeah, you sound fine. Yeah. Sounds fine? Yeah. Yeah. And your mic is red, which is amazing. It is red, yeah. <laughs> is is there is there feedback? Like just, yeah, just wondering. I can, I, I can hear myself. You can hear yourself. Let me put on my head. Phones. It's okay. I'll I'll go to Bill. Bill, what are we enjoying tonight? What do you what do you what do we got for appro appropriate for this one? Rather than the Coke Zeros, I've got one on standby over here. We've gone to a, a 20 something year old Tawny port right now. Because oh, you know, me. when we're going episode five and six, let's do this. That sounds lovely. It sounds amazing, it sounds beautiful. Um, yeah, these are these are two I think these are two of the most amazing episodes in the entire series. I think these two episodes made the series for me. Um, and that's saying a lot. Um, usually I have to be hooked within the first three episodes before I watch the entire thing. But as we've discussed before, um, they just kind of keep you, you know, going in, doing all that. And so I'm really excited to talk about these. Let's go to Jefferson. What are you enjoying with your red mic? I am not snacking on anything but i'm snacking on a really good book i've heard of it it's called sandman my, my never neil, heard of it by neil gaiman yeah wow <laughs> that's never what i'm snacking on oh and water i guess <laughs> well nice um well i'm so excited to have you all here um yeah. and so as you already if you haven't already guessed it um we're talking about the sandman episodes five and six now these are like I was telling Bill, these are my favorite episodes of the entire series. And so um, episode five, which is 24 seven um, and episode six, which um, is going to be called The Sound of Her Wings was my favorite episode. And it was probably one of the most emotional episodes in the entire series. Um, and so we'll be talking about both of these. Um, and so I know Jefferson, we missed you on the last one where we had the, the previous two. Um, yeah. And I'm really excited to hear about how you have experienced 24-7 in the books versus how you experienced it in this series. So let's start with you, since you're a little bit more well-versed with the universe. Um, how did the episode compare to the comics? Uh, and we'll talk about episode five, 24-7. Do you want to sum up what happened first? Oh, sure. I mean, yes. Ugh. How do you sum it up? How do you sum it up? I guess like... So, yeah, so... so uh, let me let me pull up my notes because I have notes because I am kind of well prepared but not really well prepared. So John D, who plays David, um, uh, was uh, basically has Dream's jewel, which is the red jewel that he uses to 
um, I don't want to say manipulate, but sort of controls people's sort of dreams and how they interact with the world. Well, he gets a hold of it and finds out that his mother, who stole it originally from Dream, um, basically John D put a spell on it in a way where he's the only person that can use it. And the way that he uses it is he basically, he, how do I say this? He excuses his actions by saying that he took away people's ability to lie and reveal the truths in which we are, um, in which we truly feel. And so he feels like by taking away lying in the world, that the world will become a much better place and it'll become a much more honest place. Um, and in this episode, we basically see that. We see how his idea of the perfect world plays out. Um, and so we meet basically um, what you would call three couple, three couples that are going through individual things in their lives, right? Um, and within sort of like the dynamic, and it takes place within one diner. What I loved about this episode is it doesn't change scenes. It literally stays in the in one place, but specifically three different areas within this specific location. And I loved this episode because I was like, how are they going to make an entire fucking episode in a diner? <laughs> and they did it. They fucking did it in a way where I was like, holy shit. And, and, and to be fair, it revealed a lot of things about human nature that we kind of already know, but we kind of don't necessarily see and face in like sort of reality in that way. Um, and dream was not present pretty much in, I would say about seven eighths of the entire um, episode. He only and comes in at the last eight. Go ahead. And in the, in the comic, like he comes in the last fucking page. Yeah. And that's exactly how it felt. Right. Like, yeah. And so we meet, um, we meet this lovely girl who is a waitress at the diner who seems right. just very, yeah, very kind, very innocent. And she's here. She helps John D. She helps this other couple. Um, and she helps, you know, this other woman who comes in is clearly having relationship issues. She helps this guy who clearly is trying to get in on this internship to a huge corporation who the previous couple who came in is like the, the woman is the owner of this corporation and, and like her husband is like, you know, going on. And then you have uh, Marsh who is the cook in there, who the wait. It's so it's this multifaceted episode where all these lives are sort of intertwined and then sort of you see sort of some upheaval going on with John Diaz, he takes away their ability to lie, right? So that's the gist of the entire episode. Um, of course, there are a lot of like consequences and there's a lot of things that happen after. Um, and you finally realize that like, um, you know, when Dream comes in, you realize that it's not necessarily the, the lies that he took away, but the ability for people to dream in a way where they want better for themselves and they, they sort of become... It, it, it takes away that ability to dream better and more along the lines of like, well, this is reality. Nothing's going to get better. So we're going to just kill, right? Like we're going to, we're going to give into sort of like the things that we um, desire, which we get a glimpse of desire in the last like two seconds of the episode. Right. Um, yeah. Which is dreams. Uh, so Jefferson, how did it relate to 
the comics. What did the episode uh, do for you? Um, let's talk about that. This was the episode I was looking forward to the most because this was the storyline of Sandman that like got me like whoop, that got me like really interested in what this whole book was about. Uh, like I, I guess like in a way when I was like looking up like what were the scariest stories, this popped up as the one of the biggest ones of DC Comics. Like why what what why Sandman? I thought that was a fantasy book. And when I was reading it, and again when I was rereading it again. Uh, a little bit earlier with the audiobook on, it's so haunting. This plays out like a horror movie. This is like, do you know what a bottle episode is? Yeah. 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 You're familiar with the bottle? Yeah. This was absolutely a bottle episode in a, but in the horror, horror movie variety. This was just eight or so characters, two, four, six, eight, nine, ten, if you count death, just innocent people trying to live their life and in comes one fucking asshole who's just like hmm let me see what this does (laughs) and it's just this sense of hopelessness like you're reading it and it's like it's it's like where the where is where is morpheus where is dream in all this and that sense of hopelessness just keeps permeating throughout the the story and the book and right when the last page hits it's like wow um you're too late <laughs> i wish you got here sooner but uh yeah i god this this story um compared to the book very damn near close i i character motivations were still there all the great beats were there the only thing that like didn't make this pitch perfect to me was that it was missing a scene with a a dinosaur hand puppet on TV gets its it gets its um trigger warning, its wrist lit off. Uh, they didn't show that, and Ooh. I was like, okay, I think that might have been too much. But then they showed everything else, like the eye with uh, with Bet. It it wasn't Bet in the comic, but somebody else. It was somebody else in the comic. But the eye thing that happened in the comic too. Uh, man, like this this episode hit, dude. Like. Was this a turning point for a lot of people, I bet? Like, for what they thought what the show was, I want to say? Was this was this that turning point for some people? Uh, I mean, Bill, let's go to you since, you know, we've, we've yeah. hit Jefferson. How did you feel about this episode? Was it a turning point for you in the episode? Was it like a weird, like, whoa? Um, how did well, you feel? Well, I mean, so again, like you mentioned that... Uh, to the series not being familiar other than you know like uh, i said in our last episode the iconography of it because you know there's no way to be around comics at all and not know at least the art and the style mm-hmm. um but so i didn't know the story at all and so on the one hand it actually feels like the first five episodes of sandman provide, uh, kind of comprise like the first arc and then six through ten um it's kind of like the back half of it and it makes two nice little packages um and you're right about it being basically a bottle episode which is for our sci-fi fans is when they keep all the characters on the ship and they don't go anywhere so it saves on the budget you don't have to go anywhere yeah (laughs) Um, but this feels very much kind of like um it could have been a stage play um it felt like a classic episode various of the original twilight zones were set oh my god you remember how mm-hmm. that kind of worked out? Remember the one with the aliens from ones from Martian, ones from Venus, and they're in oh, the that's the big spoiler, Bill. All that, that. remember that? Spoiler. Dude, it's seventy years ago. If they haven't seen it by now, that's their problem. <laughs> I love uh, that plot <laughs> twist, though, dude. Like, ah, oh, 
but yeah, continue. Yeah, yeah. But it's like it's that whole, um, you know, it's that sort of thing. And now you have people in there, and then you're kind of unraveling the layers of the onions of the people and their stories. So, um, with regards to this being Sandman, this could have been a standalone thing by itself, unrelated to anything else. And it's yeah. just a character study about people and. Um, though we did know, need to know John's kind of why is he so angry and why is he fucking with these people? Because he is kind of granting the wish of taking away their obstructions, but he's doing it in a way that he knows is going to be destructive to them, as opposed mm-hmm. to granting them their wishes in a way that would be, it would set them free, but it would do it without them, you know, killing each other in various and spectacular ways or themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's kind of where um, you know, he's making that choice kind of because of what happened to him, and he's kind of batshit to begin with. Um, and you know, Sandman, like you said, it comes in at the end, but it's really not his story. This is about everybody else and what they're going, what's hiding underneath the surface. And it could be the the uh, talking about the the inner demons of humans, you know. Mm-hmm. And or is it more that, you know, he's kind of taken their dreams and twisted them into nightmares? Is this what they wanted to do? And now he's setting them free. And, you know, that's just various aspects to it. But I really enjoyed it. I as we get to it, I liked six more as an episode. But this Mm -hmm. I I definitely appreciate as to what they were doing and how they were kind of doing. You know, they you pause the entire story arc. This wasn't a slow burn episode. This was like we're going to do a a complete statement of side quest. Just let's do a character piece period and for all intents and purposes it was a filler episode until the very end yeah and that's just kind of oh by the way we're in the rest of this this series we should have the lead back in so yeah Mm. yeah and yeah yeah i i think too i think you're right like i think i i mentioned it last time so let's let's also also touch on the fact that like in the last episode we do see john d who sort of gets the crystal from his mom and then he like makes his journey with this lovely woman who's got a family who's got a dog right um and basically um he gives the helm of protection to her after all of this stuff because basically she learns that he's crazy but at the same time she still is very kind to him and then he basically is like i don't need it anymore i have this you know i have the ruby it's fine um, which leads him to this episode, which is episode five. Um, uh, let's hit the comments really quick before we do anything. So Q says, um, I binged the whole series and let's just say I'm shook at the very end. Uh, Barnaby said, absolutely agree on episode six, being very emotional. We'll talk about that. If I shed a tear, I'm sorry for both of you. I'm sorry for everybody. But I want to really ask you a question. And I want to ask you all yeah. the same question. Did you all know that there was a surprise episode released last week? I just found out today. I just found out today. So Q, are you really done with the show or do you have one more left? So I'm going to watch it after we get off. I just, so I was on IMDb, like looking up credits and all that stuff. And then I was like, 11. I was like, there's only 10 fucking things. Um, But Q also made a comment really quick. In my mind, I think that episode shows that yes, lying is not, that yes, lying is not okay. But the characters in the episode feel like they have to lie uh, to live the life they always want or they are not happy in their life, right? Yeah, that's and I, a fair point. Yeah. I, I was, it's, it's funny because I was watching, in conjunction with watching Sandman, I'm watching like happier shows and there's one episode of the show that I'm watching, this Japanese drama that I'm watching and it just showed that like lies 
can be beautiful. Like some lies can be necessary if you want to live your, I guess, like live a life that you want to eventually make or or come true. And I, I, I think like, ah, gosh, like I lost my train of thought, but anyways, some lies are necessary. I mean, and that was true. I think that was a, that was a sort of thought process that I was doing during this where he's asking people basically like why they lie. Like in, 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 and, um, but in the previous episode, in episode four, there was, you know, he, he asked the individual that was driving him, he said, do you lie to your children? And she was like, well, yeah, sometimes I do because there's certain things that, you know, and in my head, I'm like, there's certain things that children shouldn't be exposed to like yeah, early yeah. on in life and little white lies sort of like are necessary in order for them to just live their life in a way where they're protected. And then maybe when they're older, explain why this sort of stuff yeah. happens. Right. But in this episode, all these individuals are adults. Right. And like, there's little lies that sort of like you can see add up to the, to the end where basically they end up fucking mutilating each other. They murder each other. They're like having sex with each other. Like these two guys are just like going at it. And the thing that got me was when Marsh told Bet oh. that like the only reason why he goes over is to have sex with her son. Uh, yeah. And I'm sitting, I'm sitting there like, uh, yeah, and my dad walked in and I was like, go, go in the back room. <laughs> Don't, like, no, like, and my dad, okay. cool. like he would have, he would have watched it. But, but it was a thing where I was like, holy shit. Like, this is going to be a deep episode. Right. Right. Um, and yeah, man, to compare it again, the comic says something like that, but not to the extent of what the show said. Right. The, the comic I thought was still a lot more haunting, but when Marsh said that straight up, where in the comic was implied i'm like whoa whoa oh okay that's someone wrote that okay cool okay (laughs) (laughs) which which i mean if if you and if you really look down it like that was a lie that he was doing right like in his life to get some sort of deeper thing where he wasn't ready to admit that he was either gay or like he you know or he liked to fuck with younger boys right like but and and it just this whole episode deals with like and and which i appreciate it and i think as fucked up as this episode was it really made me appreciate the fact that like the producers the writers the actors neil gaiman they're not afraid to go there right like they're not afraid and and it works for them in a way where i'm like you can't really like see this shit unless you're watching like game of thrones and then it's like oh that's understandable because it was like old medieval t- like this is modern now this is what's going on and i sort of just i don't know in that episode and especially in the next episode and other ones like it just it feels good to be seen in a way where it's like yeah it was a fucked up episode but also it's kind of normal right like it's kind of like a normal thing to happen and it's okay right. it's i mean it's not okay for this shit to kind of happen but like right. it just sort of was just like oh Oh, right. In in a way where it was just sort of, um, I don't know. I just, it's just great to see that on sort of like something as big as this, where it's on Netflix in a series where it's, it's just really, it's really great to see that. Um, do we have anything else to say about, uh, episode five? Um, anything you want to add Jeffersonville? John D was 
a little, a little more forgiving in this show, I want to say. I forgot to mention that in, not, not, not that I forgot to mention, I wasn't there. Episode four, that lady that he's driving with, uh, he shoots her and dies um, in the comic. And it's, it's like when, I, when I, was, I was waiting for it in episode four, at the end of it, I was like, all right, this is when it happens. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to feel something. And when he let her go, I was like, oh, damn, uh, this John's a little more still an asshole, but like has standards, ha- has, has a bit of a heart. So it's kind of hard. Mm-hmm. I-, I thought it was going to be hard to like, I, th- I thought they were going to like neuter the entire um, episode five, the diner episode. And I was like, I-, I was just like, oh man, if this John can let her go, they're not going to show that much in the diner episode. And I was like, oh shit, I'm glad I'm wrong. <laughs> But um, sure. the ending of this episode, episode five, was an entire. It's the it's the following issue. Uh, mm-hmm. The entire conflict between the resolution of the conflict between John and Morpheus is the next issue, and I'm glad that they made it this episode for it to be the conclusion because it just it does fit more narratively on a on a TV standpoint. Now I do I do have to ask. Sorry, Bill. Before we get to you, did um. Did Morpheus put him in an eternal sleep? It was that his punishment? That's what I saw too. Yeah, um, okay. eternal sleep. Another person, way in the way in the beginning of the series, had eternal waking. I saw eternal mm. sleep for uh, yeah, John D. Yeah, so he's just sleeping forever. Yeah, yeah, and because he was like, I'm not going to kill you, but yeah. he's like, <laughs> but you're not going to ever be able to wake up. So anyway, right. Bill, um, any last minute comments on episode five? Um, trying to think about it. Um, not really over the whole thing. It just, it, it lets you kind of poke a bit into John. I was kind of expecting to be a little bit more like Hannibal Lecter in that, you know, mm-hmm. Lecter only eats people who are rude, right? Yeah. Not, yeah. not good people intrinsically. Um, yep. and so that's why not knowing the series in the previous episode, when he lets her go, it's like, okay, he makes, you know, he has some insights into people's inner workings and we'll make a call and so i kind of expected actually the waitress to end up being cut loose in diet too yeah, you know yeah, as, yeah. as a writer it's like she would be have been the one that i would have thought that he would have he would have taught her a lesson as a as a cautionary tale but mm. then sent her on her way but when she's like stabby stabby it's like okay no he's just <laughs> um you know that's where it kind of goes and it's like it talks about you know there's the difference between lies to make one's life you know less chaotic and whatnot and lies where you are deceiving yourself about who your true nature is and it could be talked about the one guy in the sun they could be various other characters in that diner that are like the lies between the the vp and her trophy husband Hmm. that it's like that's that none of that stuff was healthy and so that's understandable but someone that maybe does lies about you know, her job is what she really wants to, she'll tell people that she's happy, but she really wants to be a writer, stuff like that. That's a very different kind of a thing than, than self-denial, kind of, uh, kind of a, a lie. And so that's where it's kind of added. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thoroughly enjoyed this episode, even though it went, you know, for me, it showed that when, when humans are stripped of like, they're sort of like they're, they're, their dreams and and the way that they want to achieve more um the action the the way that we deal with that is we then start to either blame or then we start to like not want to 
sort of internalize how we have things that we need to work on in order to progress and get to, you know, the places that we need to get. And um, even though it was sort of like magic that was sort of working its way through, you know, these people, um, we could see a worldwide effect, right? Where basically like people were fucking, like they were killing each other and, you know, Dream had to come in and say, no, that's not, you didn't steal people's lives. Like what you did is you stole their dreams. You stole their ability to, think better for themselves and it destroyed the world. And this was the world that you wanted to create. Um, and he even says in the end, he's like, it's going to take a day to rebuild all this. And, but he's like, like I, I did what I could. And you know, like that's, that's, you know, that's what happened. So um, let's go to episode six, man, this episode, Holy mother of God. Yeah. I'm watching this episode and, you know, first we see Dream, he's sulking on a bench um, in a park and, um, you know, God knows what he's thinking about. He's feeding some birds some bread and who knows, some individual comes over and, you know, at first I was like, is this a human? Like, like she's being really crass with death and like all this stuff. And usually, you know, sometimes, I mean, they, they can choose to be seen or not be seen, right? And I was like, what's going on? And then as I sort of started to get their relationship, I was like, oh, like she knows this person. And then I was like, oh, this is death. And um, the only reason why I knew that is because in the actual thing, she wears a necklace with an ankh on it, which if you can see behind me um, is the comic book version of death um, with a huge ankh. Um, And I was like, I loved her literally from the first five, 10 minutes of the entire episode. I was obsessed. I'm like, I want to, you know, I hope they go on a journey. And basically um, you can kind of tell, and especially in the comics that I read Jefferson is that death and dream have the, the best relationship out of all of his siblings. And um, he, you know, basically they start asking about, he starts asking about how's everybody been? Why didn't you come? Blah, 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 blah. And she's like, you know, let me walk with you. Um, And in this entire episode, so in the first half, we have him following Death around, sort of doing her job, right? Which um, basically is to go to individuals that are going to die or that have died and take them. Um, And we don't necessarily see her true form, um, which is her guiding sort of like these souls to the underworld or wherever they need to go. Um, But we see shadows of it, right? We see shadows of wings and we see sort of like the shadow of what's going on. And we see her and him go on several different journeys of um, her going to different people that are dying or that have already died. And she's like, well, I got a job to do, but if you want to come, you can do it. Um, Then we get pervy to the fact that um, Dream has made a deal with an individual who um, claims that he cannot die. Um, And this is back in the... 1500, 1400, 1300s, 1338. Yeah, so, I want to say yes, it start. it starts out. Okay. Thank you. It starts out in the 1300s. And basically he is teasing his sister and his sister says, huh, he's, you know, basically he's talking a lot of talk and he said, well, he was like, he basically makes it an, a, an experiment and says, I think in a hundred years, he's going to change his mind about not dying. And you know, death basically says, do you want me to grant his wish? Like I cannot let him die like for you. And you can just sort of, you know, like see what happens. And death is like, or dreams like, cool, let's do it. 
So basically he makes him makes himself known to the guy and the guy's like, cool. Like, who are you? Like, I don't know who you are. And Dream basically goes, I'll meet you here in a hundred years. The same exact spot, same exact pub. I love that it's in a pub. It's amazing because, you know, everything social, everything actionable happens in a pub. And we see the latter half of this episode every hundred years, right? Like he meets this guy, right? Um, And it just becomes a way for Dream to become more human, right? Like more humanized in the way that he deals with us and the way that he deals with it. And this guy basically is like, I love living, right? Like in the the first hundred years, he's like, this is great. He's like, this is awesome. The next hundred years, he's like, I got a freaking business. I'm rich. I'm doing all this stuff, right? Um, And then we see in 300 years, he's like, I fucking hate it. He's like, my kid died. My wife died. I lost all my money. He's like a transient, right? Like he's, he's just miserable. And then death goes, okay. Or dream goes, okay. So then you don't like living. He's like, no, like I wouldn't trade this for anything. He's like, like, even though I've done all this hardship, like I appreciate what's going on. Right. Um, And so um, if you haven't seen it, it's an amazing episode. I cried when death um, was just revealing all these just truths to him. And, one of the things that that struck me was she basically was like, the hardest thing I had to realize was that I'm not here. Well, they're not here for us. Like they don't necessarily yeah. like believe in us, right? Like I, we're here for them. Like we're here to serve them, right? Like in the capacity that we're doing. Um, so I loved it. It was an amazing episode. Um, let's get to uh, talking about how we felt about it. Bill, how did you feel about episode six? Well, it sounds like I want to kick towards the, the, the back half of the episode first, because you kind of deep dived into that. Um, and I really dug it. I mean, that whole transition, 100 years, 100 years, and how the fortunes of him go up and down. And it both lends itself some insight into humanity for Dream, as well as, because he kept expecting him to come in like, no, I'm tired. All my friends are dead. Kill me. And even when he's rock bottom in, in the gutter, the guy's um no this is this is brilliant i'm gonna keep on going um the and it's the whole um you know aspect that that he kind of finds out about humans and then also about himself right this is the Mm -hmm. one time because i've mentioned before in these in the last couple episodes about how what's been interesting about dream is he's really not human I mean, and that's delightfully clear. And I love how they really don't even attempt to make it seem like he's kind of person-like. He's not like Data wanting to become human. However, at the tail of this, when he's like, you know, it's, you know, it's impolite to keep a friend waiting. That's a big step for him to actually let himself connect with someone. Um, Though on the flip side, he's obviously connected with other other non-mortal beings before, right? Because he established that in in oh, other tag actually in episode 11 spoilers um and <gasps> i haven't seen it i know good kitty you're never gonna watch look cat look at cats again the same um, oh no oh no um but the whole but that whole uh, progression of time and where it's at yeah it's very convenient that he happened to be there at the end when when dream shows up and there he is doing the books and all that kind of thing but uh granted that i of just like how for you guys 24 7 kind of resonated this is probably my my single my single favorite episode for me was this one both from the first half almost a little bit more the first half than the second half uh because some of the places that they took it but this one i thought was all Mm. the way around i love this episode 
Yeah, it was just, honestly, like, the way that I can describe this episode is beautiful. Like, if somebody were to ask me, like, how could, it was just, it was beautifully done um, in a way where it just, it, like, made me feel all the feels, right? Um, Before we get to you, Jefferson, let me get to some of the comments. Q says, we can agree that Neil Gaiman was very influenced by Edgar Allan Poe in writing the comics and also shows writing have that feel, too. Uh, Barnaby said the depiction of death really pulls off the idea the show was going for. Before this episode, I never thought of death as a comforting figure. It was so lovely to witness. And then Q says episode six got me in the feels and having dream understanding of death's job. Also, Joanna shows up in the episode. It was like, oh, oh shit. Yeah. Right. And like in, in the episode, I think it was episode three where um he, you know, it's like all about Joanna Constantine and all that stuff. He says, Dream says really quick, like, oh, I had interactions with one of your predecessors, right? And we see that in this episode where she's like, something's going on. I brought two henchmen. Who are you? Um, and it was like, it was like a like hearsay where it was like, I heard that the devil in a man that cannot die lives, uh, comes and meets at this bar. And then <laughs> Dream's like, you're really, like, you're wrong. You're like, you're like off. Like, you're off. And then she's like, no, I'm not. And then not basically... Even <laughs> yeah and then basically like um ha basically just like fucking annihilates the two men and then dreams like oh i'm just gonna put her in a like i'm gonna make her see her demons in a way that she hasn't done it um which i thought was beautifully done um and uh, jenna coleman's amazing and i always love her and everything she does but i kind of want to come back to a point that bill said where um you know and i want to make it a point where dream basically because he gets trapped for those hundred years he doesn't meet with um, Hob for for that meeting. And he tells Death in the beginning, is like, I missed an appointment. And we're like, what appointment did you miss? Like your dream, like you don't fucking have appointments. Like you are the appointments. And then basically he goes back to the bar and the pub that was established there. And it get, it's basically like in ruin, it's like demolished. But then there's a sign pointing to the new, right? Like the new pub that's going on. And he goes in there and he basically, um, before this happened, has a fight with him and basically says, you know, the guy says, I think you meet with me because you don't have any friends. Like you don't have any real connection. And Dream's like, no, like that's not it. And like basically becomes one of those like antisocial, like you don't know what the fuck I want, but that's what I want, but I'm not going to admit it to you. And then long story short, at the very end of the episode, he's basically like, he's like, oh, well, uh, I don't like to keep my friends waiting. And it just, it becomes a thing where you kind of see how he is just, I don't know, like the only word I can put is like the humanization, like the humanity of these entities that can basically, that basically we experience every day, right? Jefferson, what did you think about episode six? Man, um, okay. Okay. <laughs> I was about to like look up a meme because what something you said reminded me of a meme and I want to pull that up real quick and make it my background for a second yeah 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 I can talk. in general Look, like th- this this following 24 7 is probably my favorite two hours of television in a long time and they they don't directly complement each other but they're like a great double feature of two of two like dissonant things um one of course is just this this I guess like a really depressing horror movie, but then this there's this other thing that just celebrates death, and it's like yeah, I don't know how you, I don't I don't know how anyone can just celebrate death in the way that this show did or the comic did, 
but it, it did just show it as just this beautiful thing. And I, I know there are like emo songs that show how beautiful death is, but man, to see, <laughs> I'm sure MCR has, has like sang, has sang wow. many songs about like how beautiful death is. There's a whole album about it, but to just see it all visually through a personification of death, it's just it different. It really does. Um, uh, what else to say? I, oh yeah. Uh, no, the second half of the episode. Um, Hob, that I, I didn't expect to see that. Um, I'm going into these episodes, I guess, like, I guess, like, uh, I'm, I'm savoring each one. I'm not like binging it all the way through, but like, I did not expect to see Hob this early. Hob mm-hmm. was a character that comes in in the teens of the issues, like 13 or 14 ish. And I didn't mm-hmm. expect to see him here. And it's, I'm, I'm kind of, I, I, I'm, I'm not like, I, it's it's not that I didn't like it. It's like, oh man. Then it's only half the episode is really about death, but still, like it was still a great uh, part B of the episode. Like it still does like go hand in hand with what, ha- what happens in part A. Yeah, and I think you, I think you have a good point. Like it's a weird like it's a weird contrast between like like five and six where you're like. So we had all this death just happen, right? Like, like people were killing each other and like all this stuff. And like, we just had to realize that like, we're naturally like vicious people, you know, like all this stuff. And then you get introduced to death. Who's like, no, it's natural. I think for me, the episode taught me that like, even all the siblings, like we go through that. That is the human experience, right? Like these, these people that, these seven sort of entities that we encounter that start with D, all of them start with D. Um, yeah. We experience that in our human lives. Like we're going to experience death eventually, right? Desire, destruction. We dream all the time. Delirium, right? There's been times like I have just stayed up for 24 hours. I'm fucking delirious as hell, right? Like we're going to experience all of this in our lives. And I think this episode just put that in perspective where it was like a lot of people fear death. And the way that she sort of put it was like, when people die, they don't want to see somebody that's like, all right, come on, hurry up, like, or something that's scary, right? Like, they want to see something that is comforting, that is going to let them know that like, hey, like, sorry, like, you're dead, especially that guy that like drowned in that river, right? Like, where that family was going, right? Like, hey, like, and he's like, no, like, I just need to tell her one thing. And he's like, she's like, sorry like you can't like you're already dead but you know let me help you and she does it in a way where she's like i do it with the she's like i do it with a smile on my face and i'm like we don't think of death like that we think of death as this painful awful negative void of an experience and this episode puts it in a way where it's like oh like there's some comfort in like in, in this in this experience and so i felt like that was just beautiful right um oh is that it is, is that the meme that's uh so <laughs> uh morpheus be like no nah, you're not my friend i don't need you uh 10 minutes 10 later years, 100 years later me and the bestie <laughs> where is it right there right there yeah <laughs> that's all that's all yeah yeah basically like it, it, they they had spent hundreds and hundreds of years together and the guy was like uh, come on like you can't say that we're not friends like w- we live through all this we do all this stuff so 
thought that was Owen Wilson's brother. I thought that was Patrick Wilson for a second. It's like, oh, is is that Patrick Wilson? I, I don't know who it is. I didn't check the credits, but I thought it was Patrick Wilson. Wait, I just had it up. Owen. It was not Patrick. I don't think it was Patrick Wilson. Pat Wilson, is that his name? Or am I thinking of Stargirl? <laughs> Anyways, um, uh, another another point I want to talk about was that uh, there was a moment that called back to my favorite quote in episode three when mm-hmm. there was a mention of heaven and it's just had a quick shot back to Morpheus. And you could just see, maybe it's the actor, maybe it's the character, it's both. But right when the mention of heaven happens... It cuts to Morpheus and it's, you can tell he's thinking about that quote that he said to Lucifer. What power do, what power does dream, ha- do dreams have in heaven if not for people that dream of, fuck, I, I, I fucked it yeah, up. Yeah, 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 what power yeah. do dreams have in hell for, were not for people who dream of heaven? That one, that mm-hmm. one. Yeah. And that's just, God, that's so poignant. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I uh, so the actor that played Hob Gadling was uh, Ferdinand Kingsley, who did a phenomenal job um, at that. Um, but also, I want to give props to um, Kirby Howell Baptiste, who yeah, played yeah. Death, who did a fucking amazing job. We never see her again <laughs> in the entire series, and I'm right. pissed because like she was just she did absolute justice to it. Um, I don't know how it relates to the comic or the books, but. Um, I, I don't think it could have gone any better. Perfect casting, honestly. Like, yeah. I, I know it wasn't everyone's first, like, uh, choice, I guess. It wasn't my first choice, but, like, after seeing the casting, it's, like, as long as they... It does not matter who plays Death race-wise. As long as they can get the character and the intentions of this character correct, that's all that matters. Yeah. And everyone bitching about, like, oh, I wanted my pale-skinned goth mommy... <laughs> No, Can't tired of that. We're tired of that. Yeah, <laughs> like we're not. And she we're not played it perfectly. The yeah, the wholesomeness of her, the the warmness of her, absolutely stole the show of that episode. I mean, I, I haven't like, of course not past episode, but still. Yeah, I, I I think I think for me, um, and we'll talk about this in later episodes. Um, I think for me, the only issue I have with casting is Rose. I feel like they could have done a little bit better. Um, it, it could have also just been the direction of acting like for Rose. Um, I feel like, and I don't know how Rose is in the books, but I just feel like she's too, she's too innocent. She's too like, ooh, like, ooh, ooh, ooh. And then we'll talk about this later. And I, I think after episode six, um, besides the Corinthian, who I have a huge crush on, who's played by um, Hallbrook. I can't remember his first name. I only have eyes for him. What's his name? <laughs> I, only, I only have edible eyes for, for Corinthians. That's, <laughs> That's all it. I have. Um, Wasn't uh, it like yeah, Hoyt I, or Boyd something? Oh, Boyd. Boyd Hallbrook. Hoyt? Hallbrook. Boyd Hallbrook. Hallbrook, yeah. yeah. Um, mm, love it. Um, but I think, uh, you know, I think up until this point, the casting has been spot on, right? Like, it's yeah. just been like, the people that are playing this, like, they they did the job, right? Like, it doesn't, it doesn't matter race, blah, blah, blah. And I know that we want to be like, you know, culturally sensitive and like diverse and all that stuff. But like, these people did the, they showed up and they did the job, they auditioned and this is, and they gave us exactly what we wanted to. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, it, it was just amazing. So uh, in the comments, Hugh says, death is a long, painful reality, but we don't see that angel of death calmly and easily led our departed into the universe without any fear or pain anymore. You're right. We don't see that. But in this episode, it sort of gives us a, a glimpse into that. And Barnaby said, uh, Hod Gadling is played by Ferdinand Kingsley, yeah, who did an amazing job. And just, I thought he, it was like, he hit the ball, you know, out of the park and it was really great. Um, do we have any, um, let's see, do we have any last minute comments about five and six? Was there anything that you wanted added to Jefferson about like the book um, that maybe wasn't added into five and six? Um, was there anything from six that you there thought? Was, there was a lot was more different. lives that death meets. Mm. A couple more. Uh, but I think that the amount that they had and the impact that each one had was enough for this episode, um, especially the, the baby and Franklin. The baby. Oh, the baby. Yeah. Oh my yeah. god. That was just one page in the comic and it's just right? Hold on. It's just one page in the comic and it, it's just it was so good. Heartbreaking. I appreciated yeah. that the way that they did it. I one like that they did that they didn't overplay it. Yeah. Um, yeah. They didn't sit yeah. there and really dwell on the mom. You, you don't even hear the mom other than her calling to the baby. You do but in you, the comic. But, but <laughs> in the show, you didn't need to. Because yeah, everything yeah. was there. The horror was when death picked up the baby. And that's yeah. just kind of like a simple thing. But then even as death is talking, again, you talked about the casting and how she performed it. It's soothing. It's comforting. It's, yeah. it sucks, but it's okay. Um, and it, things will move on. And it's like the, the, the first Jewish gentleman that when you should let him have his moment to pray first and stuff like that, yeah. all of these yeah. elements made that whole thing so good. And she did yep. it so well that it's, it's, you know, again, she wasn't gloating. She wasn't doing. She was doing what she was there for, and it made mm-hmm. it, it gives insights into the um, what the Eternals, um, uh, endless, the, the endless, endless oh, okay. what, the, what the what the endless are like in that they're not there to make a judgment. They're simply sure. doing. Um, and I, yeah, I this episode really rocked it. It's like it's always hard when you have really decent series or good series or great series and as i settle with um sandman i think it's settling for me as being a really really good series great i don't know but this is the sort of episode like these are the episodes that get nominated for emmys yeah you know, because it stands absolutely as yeah i th- i think too i think uh, going back to i think it shows also their power right like because we know that they have certain power over us and I think, like with especially with Hobgad, uh, Hobgad, Gadling, Gadling, um, yeah. yeah, we see that death can be like, all right, well, I'm not going to let him die, and like just that quick, right? And I think that like with these episodes, especially with things like twenty four seven, where it's like, yeah, humans can control their powers, but at the end of the day, like it's ultimately them, right? Like hmm. that that can essentially do that. Um, it shows that while they have ultimate power over us, they don't necessarily like put that on us in a way where it's like, well, I'm going to pun- like, I'm going to punish you because I want to, right. Where it's like dream in the beginning feels like he's this like godlike entity when death is like, nah, like I'm going to put you in your place. Like you're <laughs> here to serve them. And like, if they deserve punishment, then it's our job to do that. Right. But like, 
if it's something too, like where it's like playful, where it's like, cool, like this guy thinks he can't die. All right. Like, I'm not going to let him die. Like, and then you're just going to like see how it works out. Right. And I think it just shows how the endless have, have sort of like ultimate power over us. But in the end, like, what does that matter to one person when they have 7.5 billion people to, you know what I mean? To like, to, to watch over and do all that stuff. So Jefferson, any last minute thoughts? Hmm. Let's see. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, there, I, I wish more uh, stories within comic books like talked about the, I guess the 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 fragility of life. I think too yeah. many too many things just like see it as just this novelty. Like, yeah. like even with video games, to to be perfectly honest, like it's just, I death happens and I can just press a button and come back. I, I I wish that like if mm, I mm, I, don't, I don't know it's it's, it's very soapboxy but I, I I do wish that like more stories talked about how beautiful life is mm. in the moment and what you do with it without proselytizing yeah 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 absolutely I, I, um, I cheered up I cheered up I'm not yeah it's this was oh god this episode was powerful it was yeah it uh, like i said i think six was my favorite out of the entire series um after seven it just all goes downhill but we'll talk about that later um (laughs) yeah i don't like i was i was like sitting there watching it i'm like what what yeah anyway um but hopefully you'll join me on the Yes, you, hopefully you can join me on my uh, on my chat and streams and do all that stuff because yeah, I, I'm just interested to see what other people are. I, I gotta watch it again just to kind of get a perspective. And I'm gonna watch episode 11 tonight because I'm like, what? Like it got released and all that stuff. So um, I'm really excited. Um, but other than that, thank you all so much for joining us. Um, thank you, Bill. Thank you, Jefferson. I'm always so happy to have you join me on this um, and to sort of just talk about it. Um, Always a blast. Like I said, yeah, I love the Sandman. This is turning out to be one of my favorite freaking series ever. Um, And so I'm so excited to see what they have coming up next. Um, Thank you. Yeah, go, go, go. One last thing. Um, There's actually a really well-made fan film of 24 seven diner on YouTube that basically has every beat. And Mm. Prior to the show, that was it. That was our live action Sandman for a long time. It's beautifully done. Um, obviously, not the budget of a Netflix show, Warner Brothers show, but yeah, no, beautifully done. And it's it it was the standard for uh, a live action Sandman for the uh, the fan base for a while. I gotta I gotta check that out. I gotta yeah, it's for super sure. free. It's Thirty okay. Minutes, yeah. Woo! I love 30 minutes. It's so like when I wake up like early in the morning, like at three in the morning and I can't go back. I like watch like 30 minute things <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I can go to bed. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> to definitely watch that. Cause I definitely, I'll probably not go to bed after it, but um, definitely we, have, yeah, we yeah. all should watch that. Yeah. Um, well, that's all the time we have to talk about um, episodes five and six of the Sandman. If you haven't watched them, please watch them. Uh, all these episodes are available on Netflix Thank you for tuning in. Be sure to join our Discord to keep the conversation going. Shout out to my guests, Bill and Jefferson. It's so awesome to see you all. Thank you all for joining. Um, Thank you for having time. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, where can we find you, Jefferson? On the socials, anywhere? Where can we find you? Um, in space, in person? I'm a. Uh, I'm in. The, <laughs> I'm in prehistoric times as Jeffersaurus on Instagram, <laughs> Twitter, YouTube, TikTok, uh, that Twitch is now. Yeah, that's Jeffersaurus oh. with a W. Jeffersaurus. We love it. We love and it. If Bill, work at the Power Ranger convention. I'll be there. Whoa! I'm excited. Uh, Bill, where can we find you? I'm Bill RW and the number three on all hailing frequencies. Beep, beep, beep. I love it. I freaking love it. You can find me on Instagram, City of Stars 13. Um, I'm trying to get out there um, on everything else because this is what I know and love to do. I love everything nerd, everything um, geeky, all that other stuff. So um, keep in uh, keep in touch and keep tuned to everything. Um, you can listen to the show on Google Podcasts, Spotify, or where you get your podcasts. Don't forget to, descri- uh, to subscribe to our YouTube channel, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitch. All of our platforms are at Nom Talk Network. I also want to give a shout out to our lovely producer, Steph. We love you. Thank you for doing all these things for us. Thank you for, right? Like in between your job and life, like who are you, human? Whoever are you, mega human? Uh, Steph is an endless. Steph is an endless, He's and awesome. we can, yeah, we can just call her the Big D. That's what I'm gonna the call big, her. Big, I was gonna ask, the big like, D. what would her D be? She's the Big D. Period. That's what it is. <laughs> anyway, tune in uh, to our next show, which is gonna be Friday, um, and they will be doing a She-Hulk episode two. Which, if you haven't seen episode one, catch it. It's amazing. I loved it. Um, I can't wait for episode two to come out. So um, until then, I'm your host, Jordan Dorosco, and I hope you have a nominal, terrific evening. See y'all later. Bye.